Everybody, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side, helping you figure out this crazy thing we call life. We have got a great show for you today. Today we'll be talking about stress. Again, how stress is spreading like a virus. You're afraid of Ebola? You ought to be afraid of stressola. It could kill you, folks. Today, we're going to talk about stress, the impact it has on our lives, our families' lives, our friends, our neighbors. It's killing us, folks. And today on the show, you're going to get the tools that you need to de-stress and to de-stress your family. But first, let's get to the headlines. Headliners from The Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. All right. Headliners. Aaron's Headliners, here. Headliners, here we go. First, authorities say a woman arrested three times trying to sneak onto flights at San Francisco International Airport. Oh, boy. So, By the way, just came from San Francisco, SFO, we yeah, call it. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't sneak onto a flight there. No? They've why had not? some bad luck at that airport. No. <laughs> I mean, there's other airports. So what was she doing? Um, this is interesting. Uh, apparently, there was someone else who did the same thing, and this wasn't this woman, but the other person hid in the wheel well, like yeah. jumped the fence, yeah. did that, but she... That was the kid that got the to kid. Hawaii. Uh-huh. That, By yep, the way, exactly. smart kid. <laughs> it's crazy. Jumped sure. the fence. Six hours at 30 below. That wasn't yeah, smart. But he got survived. there, and then you know what? Great trip, great vacation in Hawaii. It's- it looks like she kept trying it, too. She said on her first arrest, she made it through security onto the plane, only to be caught when the actual ticket holder showed up. And then uh-huh. in her second and third attempts, she was caught trying to get through the security line. She's, they probably were like, where's your ticket? Oh, you have to have a ticket to fly? And then they well, kicked her out. If you're going to sneak on. But she finally got on. She got on. Where and, was she going? Um, it doesn't really specify. I think they, you know what? Oh, she Go ahead. Los Angeles. Let's see. Is that, was she going to L.A.? Uh-huh. Holy cow. Put out your thumb. <laughs> Go up Route she One. Was going next door. Someone would she let wanted, you in. She said, uh, "Is the, it Route five? The sad thing is, she said she had nowhere to go. That was her excuse. I have nowhere else to go. So can I just fly? Okay. Can I just give some travel advice? Hmm. Because of course, this is the advice show. Uh, yeah. Have you ever heard of Greyhound? I, I have not. James. I'll bet you bucks you can sneak on a Greyhound easier than you can sneak on. And you, you could just climb underneath. They wouldn't know. You could sit on the toilet. <laughs> they wouldn't know. I know that because I've taken Greyhound. Yeah, I have not. From L.A. to Salt Lake City. I might have to try this sometime. Took about 20 hours. I think it's actually like an 11-hour drive. Took us 20. So free flights in the bath if you stay in the bathroom, right? Well, Is that their if policy? you can stand staying okay. in the bathroom, if you can tolerate you don't it. don't have if a your seat body, belt in the bathroom? If your olfactory senses oh. have been destroyed, <laughs> you, could, you could stow away quite easily. All right. Or underneath. You're not going to freeze under there. <laughs> sure, you might die in the desert. Just take, you know, take some water. Okay. I'm just giving advice. All right. Well, thank you. Well, so, and I'm sorry she got caught. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, oh, well. she's being dealt with. Other headlines? Okay, number two. Do you guys love bacon? I know I do. Um, uh, love kinda. it. Kind of. You love it, Matt? Love it. All right. I know James I'm, does. I'm, I'm, dipping James some bacon. It. I'm dipping some bacon in my drink right now. Yeah, is that your uh, bacon fruit? This is my uh, this is my peach mango Oh. with a subtle bacon flavor. Mm. 
Mm. That sounds delicious. I usually just bring bacon bits and then put them in afterwards on the side. Water and bacon bits? Yeah. Yeah. Is that weird? In fact, did you see James yesterday? James always gets like a pinch of bacon bits and puts them between his cheek and gums. (laughs) Yep. Every time. It's called Mormon tobacco. It's called bacon chaw. Yeah. Bacon chaw. I always have my can of bacon chaw. Well, the average price of bacon across America has risen 14% since June of last year. What? Nuts. Why? It's like, I don't, it's 6.11 per pound now. So $6.11 per pound. That is That's awful. Crazy. You know, apparently it's the porcine epidemic is one of the reasons. Say, say that again. Porcine epidemic? Poor, poor what? <laughs> Did, you feel bad for something? I do. Did I pronounce it wrong? Seen, no, I don't know. Seen poor. 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 Seen. poor oh, you're, you're doing a Spanish joke, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm just, I, didn't, I didn't understand. Poor what you said. No, like the pork. It's a oh, virus pork. killing pigs in the U.S. by oh. thousands. Oh, okay, yeah. Like I, poor scene. Yeah. Poor scene. Okay, yeah. I thought you were thinking like poor scene. Oh, no. Oh, Spanish? No. Um, so <laughs> that's crazy Isn't because that nuts? have you not heard Pig too? There's all these wild boars running over the state, all over the country now. There's all my, some of my favorite shows now. Interesting. Deer Hunter 2014. Thank you, James. You shoot has, boars? Has never had a boar to shoot. I've never seen a boar on there. I've killed everything else on the Deer Hunter app, but I've never killed a boar. They have pigs? But you'd think with all the boars, the prices of you know pork would be going down. Hmm. So, okay. So what we're saying is that we need, uh, we need a rise in wild boar hunting. bacon. Yeah, and pa- hunting yeah. in general. Ooh. Man. Wild boar bacon. That Doesn't that sounds, sound fantastic? That sounds... Really um. Good. Yeah, I don't know. I've had I tried turkey bacon. It's very uh, this healthy. Is, this is a headline, you, huh? A headline. Yeah. Okay. So now, there's a n- lot of people okay. out there worried yeah, about the pork. I, I'm worried. All right. Yeah. This was a headline. Okay. This That's third good. one though. This is probably my favorite. I should okay. have said this one first. Drivers caught using high beams inappropriately will now be offered on the spot training. And this is in China. Oh boy. Uh, specifically, headlight happy drivers will be forced to stare straight ahead into the glaring headlights <laughs> of a police van for a period of several minutes. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And this is from one of the officers. You still dare to use your headlights carelessly? The traffic police posted saying, if so, then staring from now will make you, it's kind of worded weird, will make you stare at our high beams for five minutes if you repeat the offense. Wow. Well, you know what? Wow. That sounds (laughs) kind of harsh. You got to applaud China's creativity. Yeah. They're they're cracking down on those. They're they're making them stare at high beams. (laughs) That is. Never going to do that again. That's mean. Yeah. What would they do? What would they make you do if you like followed too closely behind people? Uh, Drag you behind you the have, van. You on, have to be tied to the yeah. back of yeah something, probably. Yeah. Maybe uh, my first ticket was because I uh, didn't. I was missing a, a headlight. I mean, one of my lights was out. Or was it was a fix it ticket? Well, it would have been. And the guy comes up. I was sixteen. I had my entire family, four women in the car, and um, so I think I was just in a hurry to get home. And oh, while yeah. we're driving, my I, I get, a cop pulls me over, says, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, because I was speeding. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, and man. And he's like, you were? Wait, I'm what? like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I was, going, I like was 40 flying. over. And he says, how fast were you going? I'm like 75 in a 60. 65. Oh. No, 55. Oh. And he's okay, like, yeah, you were flying, weren't you? And I'm like, Yeah. I just like, pulled you over for your front line. Yeah. He says, I'll be right back. He came back, gave me a he, ticket. Oh, man. Ten miles over. And then he said, actually, the reason I pulled you over is because one of your lights is missing. Oh, no. 
So lesson learned, just keep the mouth clamped yeah. until lie. you hear what... Lie, 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 lie to every... Okay. That's what I learned at 16 years old. And then my sisters were all like, you never tell the truth to a cop. And I'm like, something's wrong here. You should always tell the truth. Hmm. It's messed up. Yeah, it's messed up. But I'd rather have that than go stare in some guy's yeah, head. That's, I yeah. feel like there's some type of... Well, you just need to be inquisitive. Cruel, you know, unusual. Like, Do you know why I pulled you over? I have no idea. Why, officer? Yeah. Was it because I'm so careful? You wanted to chat? I heard that crying can help too. Right? Aaron's really yeah. good at crying. I, I'm going to try that. Should no, I cry way, sometime? I, I believe it no. probably helps with females. females? I think you with would males, look ridiculous. you just look like, I'm going to give you another ticket for being a baby. The research actually shows that tears repel men. So if the cop, if the officer is a man, I wouldn't cry. Female officer? I'll, yeah. Well, then a female officer, may she may connect and bond with you. Oh. So cry. Okay. Female cry. Yeah. You know, what, let me just give you a better way. And yeah. I, I don't want to be too direct, but just go to the bathroom oh. and just say, officer, I'm sorry. I'm wow. I'm sick. I'm, I'm having. <laughs> I'm having. And they'll episode. let you go. They don't want to mess with that. That's true. <laughs> they don't want to mess with that. They're like, go, 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 go. All right. All right. Get out of here. Be sure to bring my convertible. I... By the way, do try that. And if anybody tries that, give us a call. I want to hear how that goes. <laughs> I want to hear your story. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. By the way, is there a better punishment than staring in the, in the lights of the police van? I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. It's pretty brutal. But you know what? Hey, who cares? You do your high beams, you lose your eyeballs. <laughs> Seems like a fair mix. <laughs> we're going to take a break, folks. Today we're talking about uh, sp- how stress is spreading like a virus. It's impacting our families. We've got an expert coming to join us. Kristen B. Schubert is going to be joining us, and she's going to teach us about why stress is such a big deal and how to make sure it doesn't uh, impact your family too negatively. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are going to be inoculating the stress virus. It's out there, folks. Do you feel stressed? I mean, honestly, in summer, there's something about summer and your kids being home, staying up late. Last night, we tucked all our kids into bed at, I don't know, midnight. It's crazy. Easy. Half of them weren't even home till 1030. They're all just out playing late night games with their friends. Uh, so, you know, we get excited to get back, get to our kids to school, get in a routine, uh, you know, start passing out Benadryl. That makes it a lot easier to put oh, them to bed. They sleep like a rock. <laughs> sure, it's illegal in 15 states. Uh, today we're talking about stress, folks, and how to de-stress and um, and really why stress is so bad. We've asked Kristen Schubert to join us. She is the director of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. And uh, as the director, the foundation is, is this uniquely positioned um, organization that's there to promote and evaluate change in the health and well-being of the nation. So they go and look at what's going on, and we'll have Catherine or Kristen teach us this. And um, what they do is they, then they can come and start to create and help us create better trends and education and information for the rest of us that need to kind of know the, what's going on with uh, our public health. 
And so um, Kristen's she served as the director. If you uh, if you if you feel like you know your family is getting behind this curve in stress. It's not just you. There's many, many kind of pockets of um, of the country, and a lot of them are are probably, you know, the underserved and and those that are already kind of vulnerable communities anyway. That might be also even suffering more of the stress just because of certain conditions. And so we've asked her to join us today and to teach us about handling stress, why it's such a big deal, and talk about the contagious effects and and if I, and how. If I'm stressed, my wife gets more stressed and how we spread that around. So Kristen Schubert, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. You bet, Kristen. Now, talk to us about, um, I, I read your article. I read an article here in a local paper, um, which is how we found you. Talk about, though, just as we get started, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Yeah, I'm happy to. We are a philanthropy um, who's concerned with improving the health and health care of everyone living in this country. And we have a vision, which is to build a culture of health across the country, you know, a place where being healthy and staying healthy is valued by everyone in our society. So we're often asked, well, why do you care about stress? And I say, well, if we hope to build a culture of health in this country, we know that stress has so much to do with whether or not people, right, are healthy and happy and, you know, living good lives. And it seems to me like stress is the silent killer. Like we're hearing all of this news about Ebola and everybody is terrified. And yet the, the real likely killer in most of our lives is going to be stress, not Ebola. Exactly. It's going to be the being afraid of Ebola. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even right. Ebola is is not good for our health, just psychologically. No way. No way. But um, yeah, you know, we know more and more and more about how stress on a regular basis, you know, and all, and we can get into that a little bit. Stress on a regular basis really does tear away and and wear down our body's defense system, uh, makes us more prone to illness. Um, it really does affect us all throughout life. And it's um, – because do you deal with other topics other than stress? I mean, you do, you deal with all health issues? We do. We do. We're concerned with um, getting good value out of our health care system. We're concerned about childhood obesity. We're uh, looking for ways to really bolster community, um, you know, community responses to, to health and health care. But stress is definitely at the core oh, yeah. of, yeah, a lot of those issues. It seems like, too, a lot of the uh, other issues are uh, maybe a cry for help or a medication for the stress. Yeah. So the eating, we now we're now we're all overeating. Maybe in a method to to deal with our stress or drugs and alcohol in an effort to medicate our stress. It's like so true. There's a deeper issue that we probably need to deal with. And there, it's, yeah. there really there really is. And how I like to say it is, we all can think of a stressful day, right? You were yeah. opening with right your kids going to bed late, and I was chuckling having little. Yeah, you know, I have small kids, but. Yeah. Um, those are days where you could take a deep breath and pretty much get over it, right? You can complain to your wife or you, you know, the next day usually is better, et cetera. Yeah. We're talk, when we talk about stress as toxic, it's, it's a person whose every day is that way. You oh. know, it's a person, right. Imagine yeah. you wake up and it's the same thing 
over and over and over again. Same high degree of stress because they're poor or they don't have adequate housing or their job is shaky. Yeah. Right? They're not sure how they're going to put food on the table that night. That feeling that you felt on that one day is how they feel every day. It's, it seems um, uh, it's such an interesting dynamic and how much it seems like education could help. Just a simple example. Yeah. All I need to do is print a form off of a, a site that they have here at BYU that I just, I just need to print a form. It's not a big deal. Right. It's not a big deal. <laughs> but it has caused more stress for me. And I've gone, I've tried every which way in the world to try to do this. All I got to do is print a form. And everyone tells me to go this one place to print it. And I go to that one place and my site's not like everyone else's site. And they can try to educate, but I I don't know. So finally I went to get help. And in two minutes, they, 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 mine was, I have this weird anomaly on my site, but in two minutes they're taking care of it. But I, it's like, if somebody doesn't know where to get the help or they don't even know that this is abnormal, they're just kind of bound to live with stress. Right, right. And, you know, you had the person you could go to. That's, you know, so if you, if you think about the people you have in your life that you can lean on and rely on to help you out. Yeah. That's so essential to recovering from yep. a stressful day, right? Um, what the poll showed was that the people who are under a lot of stress, guess what suffers? Their relationships with their sure. family and loved ones. So now it's a cycle, right? Yep. That's the right. more stress, the more you're making people angry in your life and pushing them away. So that support system starts to erode. So then the families separate, and which again, right. just right. aggravates the stress. Right. aggravates all of the systems, then, yeah. So talk about the family impact. Talk about that a little bit more. Who does it seem to impact more? I guess, yeah. is it is it an equal opportunity offender? Yeah. You know, I think, again, going to the people who are really highly stressed on a regular basis, you know what we find and, and what we're focused on here is it really impacts the kids. It really impacts the little, little kids especially. Yeah. So. Um, we're trying to really look at how we can help support families with very young children. You you probably remember back, I mean, it, when you become a parent, it's stressful enough, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so sleepless nights and, yep. and et cetera. But, you know, now imagine you have all these other circumstances piled on. And little kids, their brains are developing so fast, right, and so yep. much um, that their brains are really impacted by just being exposed to their mom or dad's stress level. Mm -hmm. Um, It's what we call toxic stress. It comes from things like living in poverty. And they are much more likely to grow into adults who do the things you were talking about, overeating or drug use or and perpetuating that cycle. So if we think about how can we stop this or how can we start slowing some of this down, this viral effect that you talked about, we need to really look way upstream on early childhood and families with young children and just, you know, giving them the supports that they need to, to be as good of a parent as they can be. Right. Yeah. What do you say to the person that's like, ah, come on, everyone's stressed. They just gotta, they just gotta try harder. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, (laughs) I, I usually do, you know, go back to that, like, come on, think with me on that really, really day, you know, and it really helps people say, oh my gosh, I can't live through that day again. You're Mm -hmm. telling me that people live like that on a regular basis starts to open people's eyes that there is a difference. Yeah. Well, and all you'd have to do is get everybody to, you know, take one evening in one of their homes. (laughs) 
Right. And because they're not walking home in this blissful no. – they're walking through more difficult neighborhoods where buses yeah. may not you know, take you to the end of the route where you need right. to go. And you're getting home later and you had to work later to just cover the cost of the rent for this yeah. place. And then your kids didn't – they're not even home and you've got to go deal with some other discipline. I mean there's so many complexities. And it seems like as a community we'd want to – We'd want to, I mean, fix it somehow and and not just, I don't know, keep pretending like it's somebody's lack of character. Exactly. There's some fat if you if you do or your listeners go on to National Public Radio's um, website, we we generate a lot of stories. Just regular people, you know, like yeah. working people who were talking about their stories of stress. You know, a father who couldn't take time off of work to care for his sick kids. Or else oh. he would lose pay. Yeah. You know, so it's like uh, incredible choices you, these people have to make. Um, I think it really just helps to see that this is, this is so many people's problem. This isn't just that, that person's yeah. problem. You know? and, and it seems like stories are probably a great way to get it out there because once you hear the story – you can hear the story kind of neutrally. Like right. you go home, you can't your, – your wife's sick. You're not able to take off work to go see your wife in the hospital and your right. your newborn baby. I mean, the stories will impact our heart maybe heart. more than our heads. Yes, exactly. Start to build some empathy, I yeah. think, for others. Powerful. Yeah. We're talking with Kristen Schubert. Kristen is um, the director of the foundation, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Go to their website, rwjf.org, Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, rwjf.org. Great information there. Um, We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about who stress affects and kind of this contagious effect of how it spreads, how we can be spreading stress. A great idea. Are you somebody that's spreading the virus of stress? This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More ideas, more tools to help you find the good in life. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about stress and our families. You know, it's spreading like a virus. When mom and dad are struggling, kids are going to struggle. Then they're going to call grandma. Grandma's going to call you, wonder what's going on. It's a vicious cycle. So today we decided we're going to deal with it. Kristen Schubert is joining us. Kristen uh, is the director of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. And their organization is doing everything they can. It's a nonprofit organization uh, to promote and evaluate change in the health and well-being of the nation. And they're finding one of the most important places where we can make the biggest difference in our health and well-being is dealing with stress. So, Kristen, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Great to be here. So great to have you. And uh, you were talking about this uh, infectious kind of impact of stress. It spreads. It really does spread. I mean, I even I've seen clients where stressed moms made stressed kids and stressed kids make really stressed moms. Oh, absolutely. And then all of those people go out into the world and stress out the rest. So true. That's right. (laughs) Then you go through the drive through and then all of a sudden someone's throwing a shake on you. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, you have that in school, the kids acting out, mom yep. at work is, you know, not doing too well with her relationships there. Um, we definitely, you know, I think stress is um, how you respond to stressful events is learned. So there you go. It's it's this is this is it the is. antidote, really. It's you've either learned it or you haven't. Right. Right. We find in people who we call highly resilient, you know, people who yep. let things roll off their back. Um, by and large, learned how to do just that from an early age, you know, learned those skills somewhere along the way, whether it was, you know, one caring adult or through church or through school, um, they learned how to pick up those skills. Um, just the same, kids learn how to act out in a stressful way, you know. In a learned it, behavior. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Interesting, huh? Because if, yeah, you know, if you want mom's attention, you've got to pour your drink on the floor. Right. <laughs> That'll wake mom up. Right. It's true, though. That, and they've, they've, they've learned that, and then, we, and then we are amazed that they're stressing us out. <laughs> they've asked for a drink 12 times, and you didn't give them, so they tip your drink over. Yeah, they're, they're smart, right? But, yeah. um, you know, and so if mom's stressed and she's not paying attention, well, you can imagine then how that behavior starts spiraling out of control, right? You bet. Yeah. What are some of the things, uh, you know, what are some of the actual stressors of life? What are, what are we seeing out there and what is the research kind of saying are, are the most stressful things? Well, it's interesting. Um, the poll we did, people who said they experienced a great deal of stress in the past year were people who were dealing largely with a health issue. Yeah. Yeah, or caring for someone with a health issue, um, particularly a chronic one. Um, one, again, where you're not seeing sort of the, the light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. right? Um, and among those people, uh, they were really saying uh, a lot about the impact of that stress on their life. So again, the family relationships sort of falling apart. Yeah. Um, just not being able to find much joy in other aspects of their life, that it was really taking over their life. And you can see that. Just everybody has a friend whose, you know, mother is ill or suffering Alzheimer's or struggling or father has got a problem. And you can just see how it just wears them out. Absolutely. You really can, right? You can see it on their face. Yeah. You can hear it in their voice. I mean, and this is the, this is, if everybody has a friend like that, that's everyone in the country, right? So we've all got, it, it is, it's a national problem. It is. And you know, it, it doesn't, I will say that we need to change some things in this country, I think around, you know, better supporting, you know, people who are really struggling, but there's a lot of informal things that oh, yeah. we can do, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, churches gather around people. I mean, there's there's other entities, too, that can help other than government or other than, you know, Congress to solve this problem as well. That's right. Agree. And, you know, uh, just even giving um, either a new mom, if we're talking about that, or, or a caregiver, you know, dealing with a sick parent, um, a little break. You know, come mm-hmm. come over for an hour, let that person go for a walk or go spend time alone, mm-hmm. yeah. right? We know does um, amazing things. That, that's even just a great – so if anybody's out there, I mean, right now somebody driving their car could go give somebody that break. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is maybe the only reason we wouldn't is because we're already too stressed because <laughs> I've got to get home to my kids. And if if I stop by to go take care of the person that really needs me, my, you know, I'm going to stress out my family. Right. There's the contagious effect, huh? 
Exactly. But um, they, you know, I think if you think you're alone, instead creating a network in your community. So if you live in a neighborhood where there's, you know, two or three of you. Yeah. Um, maybe it's not tonight, but you could definitely do it Saturday morning. Yeah. You know, there's usually some time <laughs> during the week. You That's can right. Squeeze out, right? And maybe even get your family on board. Yeah. So as a family, we're doing it. So we can all walk. We can make them a dinner. We can all walk over there. We can deliver the dinner. Yeah. Each of us can do something for them. Yeah. And then that that might spread it out. So it's it's actually you don't. It's not an either or, is it? It's not either I take care of my family or I take care of this other. We could always do both. Exactly. And you get a twofer, right? Because yeah. you're teaching your kids empathy yeah. Yeah. and how to care for and be a, a yeah. A, and a resiliency, right? So now yeah. we're training them how to deal with stress right. instead of, you know, just setting up to be stressed. Exactly. In your, uh, in your study, did you, did you, um, in your polling and stuff, did you, did you see, is there a difference between how men and women handle stress? We, we didn't, we didn't, um, we did not segment it out that way. There was about an equal distribution of men and women in the poll, and so the responses were based equally on, okay. on men and women. Yeah, it seems like yeah, you know, it seems like it would be a little different, especially as you're just describing caregiving. Right. I'm sitting there thinking a lot of that statistically is going to probably fall on a, a female. Yes, and you you would think so. Yeah, and then the guy just kind of looks like so. Uh, we can have dinner. You're just going to keep feeding the neighbor. You know. We... <laughs> There's the stressor right there. Right. There goes the family relationship. That's ex- right? I, I see. Exactly. I see a client coming to my office. Uh, so, you know, I think that we do, even if the female's playing the role of primary caregiver, you see the male definitely experiencing the stress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said to you, right? It's, um, it's viral. So even if he's not involved in the direct caretaking, he's living with that person who is. You bet. Right. So we can joke about it, right? But they are, men are also experiencing high levels of stress. Well, and think about just um, the impact on your, in your mind, if you are the stressor. So if you're the spouse that's not providing or can't provide or you're injured or you're on disability Right. Or you're the parent that now has to be taken care of because you have a, you know, kind of more of a terminal issue. And I mean, it's oh, just yeah. your stress. And That's right. and it's at this time of all times when we need to, you know, maybe find a way to flush out this stress and instead be together and connect. We end up probably trying to be alone. You You talked a lot about that fight or flight syndrome. Right. Exactly. And you find yourself increasingly, for different reasons, isolating yourself. Yeah. Right? Um, <clears throat> and so people ask, well, are there, what are the definitions of stress and what kinds of stress and all of this stuff? Yeah. But I think it really is subjective and that the person who's sick is just as stressed, quote unquote, right. as the person who's caring for that person. That's right. Right? Yeah. I've done a lot of work with um, Alzheimer's Association, Mm. Multiple Sclerosis Association, and I've done couples groups where one partner has MS, and they are are just as devastated. The the one that doesn't have MS is overwhelmed with the workload, but the one that has MS is overwhelmed with their partner being overwhelmed with the workload. And then they end up doing stuff that 
only exacerbates it and makes it worse. They try harder, which blows them out emotionally and physically, and then their MS takes over more. It's it is such a, it's a cycle. It's cycle. So communication is probably a big part of that. I think what we want to do, Kristen, let's take a break, and I want when we come back, you're going to teach us how to fight back. What are the tools we can use? How can we? You know, how can we de-stress? What are some of the things we need to learn? What are some of the things we need to know to deal with this stress a little bit better? Again, we are talking with Kristen Schubert. She is the director of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. You can find out about their website. Just go to W or RWJF, RWJF.org. Get more information from their research, their publications on health in our country. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Hey, welcome back, friends. All you stressed out stress cases. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about this epidemic of stress and, you know, it spreads like a virus. And quite honestly, as tragic and sad as the Ebola virus is uh, impacting the world, you know what, folks? Stress is just as big of a deal. Believe it or not, you're all living with it. We all are. And interestingly, we hand it down to our kids And we give them the tools or we don't. And so we are either going to be creating a more stressed child or we're going to be creating a more empowered child who can handle their stresses better. Uh, Our guest today is Kristen Schubert. She is the director of the Robert Wood Foundation, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. If you go to the website, rwjf.org, you can find out about that organization. Their goal is to basically promote and evaluate change in the health and well-being of the nation. And based on some studies that they've done recently, they have found out we are stressed out. And that stress is going to uh, you know, be impacted in a variety of different ways. So, Kristen, welcome back to the Hi. Matt Townsend Show. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. Are you stressed, Kristen? I'm not. This good. is good. <laughs> it's very relaxing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I just like to kick back a bit, take a break, slow down. Uh, yeah. By the way, I think um, I want you to teach us. What are some things yeah. we should be doing? What did you find in the research that would augment our uh, our ability to handle stress? Yeah. Well, we, we, we have asked people now, right, to write in their stories about how they how they manage their stress. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think some people want this sort of magic bullet, but there are yeah. just some really... There's not a vitamin? There's not. How about you know, a liquid they... that you could drink that just gets rid of it? <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, no. You know, it's, there's some really just very simple things um, that are sometimes very hard to do when you're in the moment. Yeah. Right? Totally. Um, breathing. Oh. You know, how many... How, all of us have had, you know, our, our elders tell her, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Right? Count to 10. Everything's going to be okay tomorrow, you know, but these things are true. If you, your brain, if you think about tomorrow or you think of another thought while you're in the middle of stressing out, it does quell and quiet the yeah. brain down a bit, right? It does. You think about another piece of research, very interesting, if people think about a loved one. Really? You're you're upset with your boss or you're upset in another situation. You think about a loved one. Now, now you still have to answer your boss. 
Right, you still do. Yeah. So you just get back to your cubicle. Right. And then put your head down and think about your loved one. Look at that beautiful vacation picture you took when you you know where you were loving your kids up and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, writing it down, writing it down. There is something very powerful. We're we're really discovering about the the brain to the hand to the paper. Yeah. Because right? it, it does deplete. I mean, it takes energy, and it's, yeah. it feels like the energy is is just going out through your hand. Yeah, and that's not uh, something magical. That's no. a very physical, right, um, yeah. thing. Um, and and it's good for people who don't like to talk about it. But talking about it is also very good. So yep. I say just just real quick bullets. You know, on I feel mad. I'm getting upset. You know, whatever. Yeah, share your feelings, and then your mm-hmm. content, and yeah. Yeah. The last one I'll say is exercise. Mm. Take a walk. That's the hard one. That's the hard one sometimes. But walking away has, again, two benefits, right? You're taking yourself out of the stressful situation and you're also exercising. That's right. Well, and interestingly, that will also change your breathing. Exactly. (laughs) Right. That's probably why it feels good. So good in the end (sighs) is that you're you're going to. And it's interesting, too, if you're really exercising, you kind of go in your own little zone. Right. Yeah. And that changes your brain, right? Yep. Right. Changes that thought. Gets you out of it. Put on some good music. Go for a quick walk. And it doesn't have to be for an hour. You know, I think even five, ten minutes, whatever you can do yeah. to take yourself out of the moment, inevitably you're going to come back into the situation changed. Yeah. You know? I remember with my family, uh, when they were younger, we would we had bought this house. We couldn't afford enough furniture to actually furnish the house. And then I realized with little kids, all the better because they just need running space anyway. And you don't want any heads hitting something. So we just had this entire room. It was kind of our, it was like this big living room and we played ball and we wrestled and I, we just, we actually had a little child playhouse in there. And you know what is so amazing about it? I am more stressed now than I was then. And I think it's not because my life is more stressed. It's because I don't just go roll around on the ground and play like I used to. Yeah. There's, there's something great about kids keeping us, little kids, about oh, yeah. keeping us in the moment. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you can't really <clears throat> think about too much else when you are rolling around with your three, four, no. or five-year-old. No, right? when balls are flying through the air. <laughs> you you got to be present. Very present. <laughs> but that's, I think that's how kids work is they do stress you more. And yet if you're present and, and you have some outlets, they also keep you present and they keep you in the, in the now. And that's where it seems like the peace resides in the now. Yeah. And yet we keep pretending it's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I really believe happiness is, is in moments. Yeah. You know, joy is in those moments. It's not about a constant. It's yeah. about, and it's about being present enough so that you can enjoy that moment of joy, if that makes sense. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then the, the, and then tomorrow's another Monday. Right. <laughs> it always comes. <laughs> then we got to go get on the bus and go make donuts. That's right. But it's, it, but I guess that's the key to it is know that it's a normal reality of life and you you have to flush it out you have to do something right. to deal with it or it's going to back up on you that's right that's right i love that expression flushing it out yeah. you really do it's it's going to come and you need to figure out a way to get it out of you as quickly as possible what keeping it in we know is toxic no yeah that's not going to yeah. work and then 
it's all and the toxicity will then cause physical ailments. Eventually, it's going to back up into your job. You're going to have breakdowns. You're going to have more troubled family relationships. You're going to have to deal with a divorce or right. a, another divorce. Or right. yeah, exactly. And that's exactly. really what you're fighting against with the foundation is you're trying to just educate, I guess, learn we, and educate. We are, we are. So, like I said, we're we're working upstream. You know, we're looking at families with young children and how we can help communities give them the right start help give them the right start, yeah. um, especially, you know, moms and dads who are facing incredible circumstances, you know, poverty and housing and, and um, all of that and job instability. So many people are so affected by the recession, you know, still are. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we help, you know, communities get the right things into place, both formal and informal, the things we talked about, so that um, they get, they get some some care, right? Yeah. Some support from whether it's neighbors or their pediatricians or the school to say, hey, how can we help? Is there a way that just the average person can go help in their own community, in their own neighborhood? What should we be doing to maybe lighten the load for others along the, along the way? I think it's just what we talked about. Everyone knows someone of someone, right? Yeah. Going through incredible stress. So it's asking the question of, how can I help? That's one. The other is just beware, right? Just having that awareness of the mom in the store who's, you know, maybe not acting so nice sure. at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> might just need <clears throat> a friendly smile, right? Might, might just need a nice offer to help her load her groceries up. Yep. And sometimes I think those little things add up to huge change. That's so true. And get, I mean, we can, if we have children and you have a little bandwidth, you can help out more in their school. You could maybe de-stress a teacher. You could maybe de-stress, I mean, if you are a member of a church congregation, have your church congregation organize around some of these, uh, you know, more afflicted or needy areas where parents aren't there. I mean, there's so much. Even as in the media, I think... I don't know that we in the media do much to help stress, quite honestly. I think we actually <laughs> cause significantly more stress than help it. That's one of the goals of the show is yeah. to help people get out of it instead of just yeah. piling it on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's true. Sometimes that happens. And um, I think you can be a voice absolutely for these small steps that seem doable. Sometimes people listen to these things and think, there's nothing I can do. Right. So they check out. Um I think being a voice for these little steps that we all can take would yeah. be tremendous. Yeah, don't check out. That's just seems like the bottom line, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah Stay in the game. Yeah, Stay in the game. That's well, great. I appreciate it, Kristen. Um, I think I do too. really you've done a great job, and I wish the best of luck to your organization. Other other things that they, when they go to the website, um, rwjf.org, what else should they be looking for? What else could they go look at? Um, we have some wonderful stories of communities who are really banding together uh, to improve the health and well-being of their of their locations. So I encourage your listeners to uh, listen to some of those stories and hopefully be inspired. Write into us, send us your comments. We're on Facebook and Twitter and all of those good things. So good we'd love to, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. You bet. Again, Kristen Schubert from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Go check out their website, rwjf.org. Let's combat stress. Let's take it on.
and get rid of it if we can. Yeah, to the degree that we can. There is a healthy dose of stress, but again, we don't need to kill each other with it. Thanks again, Kristen. We are going to take a break and uh, we're going to start to learn and continue our discussions when we come back. Maddie Richard is going to teach us about compartmentalizing life. Uh, You know, it's a trick to help us manage our stress a little bit. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. stress cases out there. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are going to distress you. Not distress you. We are going to de-stress you. That's the goal of the show. Helping you find the good in life. Today we've been talking about stress and how it's a virus and it's spreading. And as, you know, grandparents, in-laws, you give it to your kids, your, your children, the parents of their family, then they give it to their children, and so on and so on. Until as a country, we implode. One family at a time. Wow, that is a bigger deal than I thought. It sounds very negative, which is why we are going to learn to compartmentalize our very own Maddie Richard. (laughs) Why do you laugh when I say that? (laughs) Sorry, it just just sounds so ridiculous. It does. It's a weird name. It's not my name at all. Yeah, Maddie Richard. Nope. Well, how do you say it? Maddie Richards. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. Uh, so you're going to teach us about compartmentalizing. Pl- yeah. Dividing our life into compartments. Because, by the way, I think men have a pretty good pretty good handle on this Yeah. One. Well, yeah. I think I think guys are a little bit better at this than girls. Oh, and yeah. I, um, I'm really glad I got this topic because I am not good at this at all. You're so not? I'm going to be learning along with I've, – I've done some research. Okay. And I'm going to present to you what I'm going to try and do. And yeah. hopefully you can try it at home. Just if you need help – I am a pro at this. I believe it. I can I can forget very easily what I just yeah. did. So we're going to talk about compartmentalizing in a couple ways, um, how to kind of separate your personal, professional, social life, mm-hmm. and then how to, when problems come up, deal with one problem at a time instead of thinking about all the problems and all the things you need to yes. do and getting overwhelmed. How to, t- how to take a task and take and it down. And take it down. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So um, for, for example, I <laughs> – take work home all the time. Why? Because I, I just feel like there's hold stuff on. I need to get done. There's things I could be doing. Well, but hold it. Hold I answer it. my emails at 1 you a.m. Work, you work, on, really you work at news stations, so you can't take your writing home. Your writing's done. I take BYU radio stuff home. So you take, and I you email take, guests. You take James and I home. I write home. questions. <laughs> yes, I take you and James so home. So when you're at pocket. home, you're thinking a lot about, I'm yeah. assuming, James and I. Well, no, actually, I'm thinking about your guests, and oh. I'm thinking about their questions, and I'm writing their questions, mm. and I'm answering their emails, yeah. and I'm doing all these kinds of things way after work hours when I should be able to not have to worry about that you anymore. You should be on a date with James. Exactly. I should be focusing on my date. See, and but if you, if you could compartmentalize, you would just be yeah. able to leave it there. So that's a few. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is to make rules about when you focus on the different areas of your life. So when you're at work, be at work. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously, sometimes you'll have a family emergency, a personal phone call you need to make, and that, you know, that yeah. happens. Everyone deals with you, that. You'll have an app that you need to play for a bit. No, no, that's exactly wrong, Matt. Okay. You keep that stuff out of work, and you just focus on work yeah, while you're I, here. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about other people. Oh, right. Not Dear Hunter 2014? Nope. Oh. <sighs> anyway, so, I mean, to take be at work while you're at work, and yeah. then when you walk out of the office, you know, obviously, you might have an emergency from the office, but to just leave work at the door. Yeah. You're going to want to talk to your spouse about it. Don't or your friends or whatever. Don't alienate it so it's you can't talk about it, but don't worry about it. I mean, you yeah, can you say something if, about if it's it. Stressing it was you. a great day at work or this happened. Talk about it for 2 minutes and then be done. Be done thinking about How do you set that rule? Evening. Just uh, just you just got to I don't know, you just probably have to let it go, I guess. <laughs> How do you do that? I would the, – the biggest thing that I think you can try and do is apply focus to what's going on right now. Yes. Be on it now. Yes. Or do what you can do now. Do what you can if now. If you can't do anything now, yeah. put it off. Yes, exactly. And it's not procrastinating no. or anything. It's just recognizing that there's nothing I can do right yeah. now. And the people I'm with need to be my priority. There so you when go. you walk in the door – your kids and your spouse become the priority. See, that's probably why we're stressed because we're neglecting everything else because we're worried about something well, tomorrow. Well, and we're worried about – I mean I think we're so stressed because when we're at work, we're worried about that we didn't make it to the soccer game. And when we get home, we're worried about what happened at work today. If we could just be worried about work when we were at work, mm-hmm. apologize about the soccer game and go grab a treat with the fam when you get home, everyone's happy. That's good. And the kid gets a treat, which is, you know – Well, yeah, good better. for everybody. And um, it's important to just remember to have integrity that you – should be giving your all to what you're doing and that that means to have integrity means to be the same no matter what situation you're in. So when you're at work, you're giving your all to work. When you're at home, you're giving your all to home. Yeah, it's probably out of integrity is where you start to get a little wobbly. Exactly. It's like with one tire, have you ever had this where one of your tires only has one lug nut holding the tire on? Never happened to me. It's like that. Yeah, I believe it. And That'll kill you. No, and it just is so uh it's not fair to you, to your family, to your coworkers, to your boss, to anybody when you're doing all this. The biggest thing that I can say to help you start to compartmentalize your life is make those rules and then don't multitask. What? I know, right? I am so bad at this. Well, you're blowing up the people that are multitaskers. I know. And I try to be multitasker all the time. But you know what? You just got to sometimes say, this text from my roommate having a crisis can wait until I'm done doing this project at work. Or... This email, I could respond to it right now or I can respond to it when I get to the office tomorrow. That's going to that's, that's what I'm going to do. That's great. So that's you that know, does how take we compartmentalize integrity. our life. The next part of this is to compartmentalize all the various tasks that you need to do when you're at home Ugh. or when you're at work. You have yeah. this and this and this going on and then someone texts you and they need this and then the neighbor needs to borrow a cup of sugar and they also need you to bring dinner to your oh. other neighbor and oh. it's it's Overwhelming, You're and that's what me gets out. us stressed. That's yeah. what gets us stressed. So checklist: isolate the issue from all of the other issues going on. Okay. So you need to kind of look at okay, this issue just came up. It take it's taking my priority right now. Everything else going on does not matter until this issue is resolved. Get this done. Exactly. That's how I got my dissertation done. By the I way, I believe it. I neglected. Everything <laughs> for about two years, and we're, and we're not talking about you know neglecting your kids and no. telling them to go outside. I mean, not and to not the point that to like authorities no. would get involved. Exactly, we're saying you know for ten minutes, yeah, focus on 
consoling your neighbor yeah. and then tell her she's got to get out, that that's yeah. all the time you've got for yeah. her. That seems rude, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems cold-hearted. No, no, no. Okay. It, it's implying extreme focus and moving forward in incremental steps until you see pros- progress. Right. When you see, okay, I've done three loads of laundry – we're seeing progress with the laundry. I'm going to move on to another compartment right now yeah. and come back to the laundry later. That's good. Then the most important thing is to say no to compartments, to things that don't deserve to be on your radar. Ooh. And that's so hard that's for us hard as, a, as a people to but say no. you need no. a no compartment. Yeah. You need to say, I'm sorry, I cannot babysit your kids tomorrow, my dear friend. Yeah. I have to do a lot of other things and I'm sorry. I just don't have time. Oh, see, this—that's that's where hard. you get in trouble because you want to please everybody. And and you know what? No matter what, how how hard you try to please everybody, someone's going to be angry with you. So you might as so well true. choose that's who's right. going to be frustrated with you and which relationships you can mend, yeah. how you can work things out, how you can make things up to people, then be disappointed and angry with yourself. I like that. Yeah. And you know what I found too that helps me charge them. If you exactly. charge somebody money, they'll yeah, leave. They'll, they'll leave you out. alone. Yeah. If you say this is going to cost you a couple hundred bucks. And then they're like, they're never like, mind. Never mind. I don't even need that letter written by you. Yeah. And the biggest thing that I've learned through researching how to compartmentalize is that we also need to compartmentalize our stress. You need so to true. say, all right, I'm going to give myself 30 seconds right now to freak out I will now about stress. this, to God. be worried about everything, yeah. have a little mini meltdown, and yeah. then pull yeah. yourself together and say, okay. I don't get to stress anymore. That was my stress time. Yeah. Now I have to go In take fact, care of stuff. James, did you hear that one? Yeah. So your problem. Okay. If you wanted to know what it was. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was curious. You always, you always compartmentalize your stress during the show. <laughs> so what you need to do, I think, is save your stress for after the show when you're with Maddie. Okay. So I guess no, I don't like that. the screaming and yelling during the show doesn't work for you? Yeah. No. What? And you know what? It, it, we know it's a big deal because Donna, the HR director here at BYU Broadcasting, <laughs> is coming to talk to you guys. So I'm so stressed. There he goes. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, anyway, just a little little help for all of you out there okay. in listenerland. Hey, um, great job, Maddie Thank you. Richard. Let me try to say it like you said, Richards. Oh no, that sounds so unnatural. It, does, it sounds wrong. Yeah. I think Richard sounds more oh, exotic. Good. Yeah. You nailed it. Thank you. You didn't even stress about it, did you? No, and I learned a lot, and I hope everyone else did too. We all did. I compartmentalized it into my learning area. Good, good. That's what we want. Now we're going to take a break. When we come back, Heather Johnson's going to be joining us. You know, she's the coach. She's going to be teaching us from familyvolley.com, by the way. She's going to teach us how to handle stress in a healthier way. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about stress and the, uh, you know, it's it's quite contagious. In fact, I am so relaxed now, I put on a ball cap. I'm wearing a hat. I don't even know why. I'm wearing a hat with, like, just, I'm dressed up with Looks a hat. Looks great, by the way. Yeah, do you like it? Yeah. It says why. Why? Why? I don't know. Why? It's the letter okay. Y. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. For Brigham Young University. Hey, 
Guess who's in the house? Heather Ann Johnson. Hadge, we call her. Hadge. Hadge. Hadjams. She has a master's degree. uh, MS. Yes, MS. She's really coach extraordinaire, teacher extraordinaire. She's written a book called Family Fun Fridays. That's her self-published book. And she has a website you've got to go check out, familyvolley.com. I've hearted it, so it's now... It's now – it's one of my favorites now. You're, you're now okay. in my favorites. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. You've been favorited. Thanks. Uh, the neat thing about this, Heather, of all the topics we could give you on earth, this is your – this is your forte. I love this one. It because doesn't get better. you're going to teach us as a family how to de-stress. Right. And by playing. By having fun. By doing things together as a family. Yeah. It, it, healthy, legal. Healthy and legal. Yep. Yep. And no. not work. No work. Not work right now. We'll, we'll do that another time. We'll talk about work another time. Yeah. We're going to have fun. Well, hello. Yep. Doesn't get better. If parents would get out of their, the way. Right. And kids were in charge of this world. We'd have fun all the time. Fun is what it would be about. Well, and it's true. And isn't it funny? We hit, what, maybe 13. Remember when we used to call our friends or you know oh. run next door and say, hey, you want to play? Oh, yeah. And play? then all of a sudden we hit 13 and it's like That's play weird. or fun is taboo. Like yeah. we can't do it as adults. I, mean, I remember when I, I, you know, I was 14 probably and still wanted to play with my toys. Not 14. I was older. I was probably 10. <laughs> it's okay. 11. <laughs> I, and then, you know, when I was 20, 16. my mom's like, get rid of them yeah. toys. But we, I felt weird having to get rid of toys. Right. Well, and playing. So here's the first thing we need to realize. We have to understand as families that we need fun. We need to yes. play. We need to do things together. We think of these needs such as, you know, food, clothing, shelter. But really, successful families are also founded on other principles, one of them being these recreational or these activities, this fun, We've, doing things together. But life is serious. It, but it doesn't always have to be. So here – Yeah, and you can let it be serious when it needs to be. Right. But then have fun. Right, because there's plenty of stress. So one of my favorite stories comes from Stephen Covey from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You're probably very familiar yeah. with it. It's the story he tells about two men who are felling trees. So both men are out. They're cutting down trees. They each have trees that are of similar size, similar shape, similar, you know, everything. Yeah. The challenge is the same. The workload is the same. And they are working all day long. Well, one man takes a break every single hour. And at the end, it happens Lazy. to be... Lazy. I know. That's what we that's think, That's what we right? all think. Yeah. We don't have time for breaks. There's too much to do, right. just like these two men. Well, when it's all said and done, the man who took breaks every hour is the one who finishes first. Yeah. And the other man looks at him and he says, how is it that you took a break every hour and I didn't and you got done before I did? That's right. And he looks at him and he says, it's because each hour what you didn't see is that I was sharpening my saw. That's it. Now, we think of that in work and in a lot of other situations, but this is also talking about families having fun. If we don't stop the stress and sharpen our saw by playing together, by having fun together, we are literally going to stress and strain ourselves to death. Our families will fall apart. Period. That's it. That's what it comes down to. Even if you think you can keep the pace. We can't. You can't. And and you can, I guess, until life changes. Right. You can't until you have another child. (laughs) You can't until you get promoted. You can until the next thing. But life is going to get you. Right. Sharp tools make light work. (laughs) That's what I've learned. And if we're talking about relieving stress, I mean, really, back to this story, these two men, this stress and this strain and this workload, the way it was relieved was, again, sharpening. And the thing is, it's all about choosing the right things when we take the break. It's not choosing to take the break and, and spend it 
on Facebook no. or spend it in front of watching a tel- TV. Right. The, did you hear the, right the latest study about TV? If you just sit and watch TV, you uh, to to de-stress, mm-hmm. you usually after feel more anxious and guilty because you didn't do something do productive. Something else. Right. Our bodies naturally want to be engaged in things that have a challenge, that have clear goals and feedback. Yeah. Even if we're playing. And it's the same in yeah. play as it is in work. Wouldn't you say that the number one de-stressor is the Matt Townsend show? Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. And you're here five days a week. Yeah. Pretty close, right? I'm here four. Four days a week. But the show's here five. <laughs> Nobody knew that. No, <laughs> so just, that's all right. You just gave the secret. Sorry. That's all right. It's all right. It's just add a little stress to me. We'll that's fix it. Right. We'll, that's fine. That's no, fine. We'll fix it next time. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing, too, about playing together. We often don't think of the benefits. Right. They're huge. So we've got the first one, which we've covered, which is really to rejuvenate and refresh, yeah. just like that story. We've got to take that break. We've got to rejuvenate and we've we've got to refresh ourselves. Because if you don't truly recreate yourself, you're not recreating. You're not recreating. Right. 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 So because a lot of times, how many times have you been on a trip where you're like, OK, I need a break. Well, you need, I a, need vacation a vacation from the a vacation. vacation. Right. From the vacation. Every true. trip I take is like that. Especially when you've got a car full of kids and oh, yeah. you're, you know, choreographing it all. It's very stressful. So we need that break. The other thing, you know, when we play together, it's an opportunity to teach values. Yes. It is this amazing opportunity to teach our children things we want them to know forever, for the long haul, right? Yeah. That's where we do it. Maybe you have, uh, I don't know, for fun tonight, you decide to go out to eat. Well, you're not just eating. You're sitting there and you're also teaching kids how to have manners, how yeah. to sit in their seat, how to use a fork and a knife, how to order for themselves, yeah. how to say please. All these things are it's, teaching tools. So, so you're saying the fun is just, your fun is like, it's how you get the medicine in. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Oh, sure. see. That, you know, while you're, while you're having fun, you're yeah. also teaching. We used to do that with my dog. We'd put a pill in the hot dog. Right. Or in the cheese. We so, always use cheese. Cheese. Oh, yeah. And yeah, my dog was lactose intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> so we just used a hot dog. Um, but that, what's cool is that's why fun isn't just this waste. Right. It's valuable because it's the delivery for principles, for love, for connection, for learning, for unitedness. Everything, right? Cool. So we're back to the need. Cool. Don't think of doing things together with your family. Don't think of having fun as kind of just this extra if everything else allows it. It is a need for us. Yeah. Put it put it as a need. It's, and, so get it in the schedule. And by the way, that's right. what's funny. You already know it. So we'll get to all that. But right. it's it's as critical as dental visits. It's more critical Anything. than that probably because right? you need it daily. So let's do other benefits. We've got teaching our values. Another one we don't think about, but fun teaches us adaptation and negotiation skills. Yeah. We need those our whole lives. And our children, if we don't teach them, they don't understand how to adapt and negotiate yeah. new situations. Now, very simple example. Not too long ago, we took our family out for ice cream. Fun, right? Yeah. Family fun. Super fun. The ice cream shop was closed. What? Unexpected. Rip right? off. So our three-year-old, it's devastating that, that there's <laughs> well, not yeah. going to be rainbow sherbet tonight. It's oh, devastating. Oh, Poor kid. So it's time to teach adaptation and negotiation. So we taught her that, you know what, not only are there other ice cream stores, but we can go to a grocery store. We can buy ice cream. We can buy some cones. We can put those things magically together, and we have ice cream. Yeah. Those are opportunities, again, to teach the adaptation and negotiation that we need. Again, we're back to needs. Family fun provide us with things we need for That's huge. So we need them. So there's more there. Other things you mentioned already, connecting with one another. We are so busy in life. If we don't play together, we don't connect. Right. Because we're doing separate things. We're at school or work you know, or with our you know, wives or with friends. We're doing all these things. Other things, it gives us a sense of identity. 
Mm-hmm. This is where we figure out who we are as family members. Now, identities are important because when we know where we belong, we feel accepted there. Yeah. So we always know where we can turn when the day is bad, when the day is good. And we know the people on the other side of that table understand what bad and good feels like. Well, and it's so predictable in a way because if we if we say, okay, we're going to go play tennis as a family and we've already done that before. Right. You know kind of where you fit. You know mm-hmm. how it will work. It's highly predictable, which seems, again, I guess that's a de-stressor. Right. All these things. Yeah. The predictability then mm-hmm. provides us with safety and security and that stability. All those things provide children and parents with less stress. See, it's not just fun. It's it's more – it's so much more than that. And why would anyone like poo-poo fun? Why would and, you ever say, ugh, fun? We're going to have fun. And look what you said. All this medicine that they're taking, you know, all at the same yeah. time. They don't even know it. Yeah, you're it. sneaking it in. You're sneaking Anytime it in. Anytime you could sneak it in. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. Okay. We, again, are talking with Heather Johnson from FamilyVolley.com. Uh, the author of the book Fa- Family Fun Fridays, which has one billion family <laughs> activities, very inexpensive, easy to do, easy to pull off. No one will get hurt or maimed. Nope. Good family fun. And in the meantime, a de-stressor for all in the family. We are going to take a break. When we come back, more with Heather Johnson. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're calling this segment Fun Time. Fun Time with Heather Johnson. That is a great title. That is now, Heather, the name know. of your segment. Fun Times <laughs> with Heather Johnson. Okay. You like that? As long as, we, sure. It do, doesn't sound fun. It does sound fun. When you say it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you said fun time with Heather Johnson. <laughs> but fun time with Heather Johnson. That sounds fun. <laughs> that does sound fun. Well, we're so glad to have you here. Heather is uh, the queen guru of family fun. She, if you want to have a family party, and she's willing to help you, give her a call. There you go. Uh, just go to her website, Family Volley. But she's got a million ideas to, for how to teach your kids, get your family involved, and and really connect with your family along the way. And today we're we're trying to kind of focus this so that we can de-stress a little bit. I know what the first excuse is going to be, though, Heather. Everyone's going to say, I don't have time for family fun. I'm too busy Chopping Fill down in trees. the blank. That's right. right? Fill yeah. in the blank. You he- we hear it all the time. In fact, we don't just hear it. We hear it coming out of our own mouths. We yeah. don't have time to it. do things yeah, yet, exactly. right? So the first suggestion for this is what I call taming technology. <sighs> I know. It's nasty. Here yeah. we go. But if you think about it, I guarantee we can all find 10 minutes that oh, we yeah. could take away from Facebook or Pinterest or our cell phones. Yep. Something, you know, television, whatever our vice is, and automatically send that 10 minutes straight to our families. Over. Yeah. Just like that. You can even use the technology. There's so, half these games you can play together. There's fun games. I mean, sure. just watching YouTubes. There's stuff you can do together and turn it off. We can. And give that 10 minutes to the family. To the family. So very easy. So it's no longer an excuse for us. Right. Really, too, and we're kind of, you know, summing up before we're even to the end. It really comes down to if we want to have fun together as a family, we have to decide to make it a priority. So if we want it to happen, we will. If we don't, then we're going to keep hanging out with 
technology. That's right. It's kind of what's keeping us back. So we want to make better use of it. Another thing we want to do is is schedule, and we'll get to that yeah. in our game plan in a little bit. Because we need a pl- We really need the plan. We do for how how we're going to not just get the time. But how we're going to get everybody on board. Help us make the plan. Okay. So I have a game plan for you. Four steps. Four right? easy steps. Four quarters yeah. to this game plan. This so here cool. we go. The first is we're going to assess each individual. Now, it might sound fancy, but it's this simple. We all view fun very differently. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. The problem is if we don't find things that we each find fun, then we feel very unfulfilled or dissatisfied with the time we spend. Right. And ironically enough, that eats at us more than almost anything. So if we're talking about stress, <laughs> spending time having fun where we're not having fun is very stressful. Yeah, and right? it's not fun. And it's and it's not fun. And then, yeah, someone's going to get in trouble. So I even think about my husband. My husband has a very different view of fun. His fun is usually away from home. It's active. It's out. It's different. It's new. My fun could very easily be at home. With a book, really? with yeah. us reading something, yeah. right? Very different. So if I don't ever, you know, if we're never planning things that are fun for him also or fun for me also, then we have that dissatisfaction. Oh, yeah. Like so, you can't like going to a movie. My wife doesn't love going to movies. Sure. I'd love, let's go to a movie. And she's thinking, oh, uh, man. Let's go on a walk. Let's go on a hike. Right. Different, yeah. right? So we have to find that balance. So what we need to do is we need to assess ourselves first. What is fun to me? What does that feel like? And then we need to look at each of our family members and understand that. Even our children. You know, our daughter is much more like my husband. It's got to be active and running and out and moving. Yeah. Our son is much more like me. So we need to see that so we can fulfill that. So we're assessing that. And, and just figure that. And what do you do with that? You... And you don't want to label everyone, but you want you no. kind of know what everybody likes. Right. We just want to understand it at yeah. this point. Yeah. We're just first quarter. Yeah. So we're understanding right yeah. now, right? Cool. Here's the thing. The first complaint is always, but wait a second, we don't like the same things. Yeah. And we see it as a problem. But research shows us that it's not. As long as we support one another in our individual fun or individual likes, it's not going to hurt our family relationship. Interesting, right? Which is great to know. So support would be things like, for example, maybe your family doesn't like running together, but the, the husband loves it. Yeah. So the family goes to his races and cheers him on once a month. Yeah. Or for Christmas, they buy him new running shoes. That's support in individual things where the family's not necessarily choosing it for fun. But it's not going to hurt the relationship, yeah, right? That's and, a great and idea. And great research supports that. So we don't have to automatically think, oh, my wife and I, you know, this is grounds for who knows what because right. we don't like the same things right. or the kids don't. It's okay. So make those assessments. Assess- you, blow out, you have to blow up the myth that well, there's one size fits all. Everyone needs right. to do it and we all need to enjoy it. You just need to be supportive right? and understand the difference. Right. And we'll get to that too, which is really our attitude where we have to teach that a little bit. But in this this kind of first step too, we can assess our families also. And it's time to decide what I like to – well, systems theory, which is a great theory that we use for families, talks about what's called a hunting behavior. Mm -hmm. This is seeking out this comfortable place for our families. With my students, I ask them to think of it as a temperature. And so we think are our families too hot or too cold? Yeah. Look at your family and decide, are we way too hot? Meaning, did we just get off of a three-week car trip in the minivan together? We are way too hot. We need air. We need yeah. space. space. We don't need to have fun together right. for a little bit. But maybe you haven't done anything together for weeks and you are far too cold. And so that assessment comes on a family level too. How much do we need to do together yeah. and how often? That's great. So we're going to assess. The other thing before we move on to the second quarter is with that assessment – We have learned again from research that it is not so much satisfaction 
as it is with satisfaction with amount. So let me explain that. Hmm. We always think with family fun that more is better. Right. That's not always the case. In fact, research is showing us that it's satisfaction with the amount. And that, again, lets us off the hook. Yeah. We're not saying you don't. You know, we're not saying you can choose to never hang out. Yeah. We are saying, though, that some families will need to do it every weekend. Because some, they're not satisfied. They right. they want their insatiable. Right. Yeah. But other families might twice a month might be adequate. So look at that satisfaction. Satisfaction with the amount is really going to help us better understand what we need to plan. Yeah. Okay? That's a okay. great way to look at it. Okay. So now we're on to second quarter. Next step in our game plan. It's all about the attitude. We've got to get everyone on board. You know, Victor Frankl, I know you're familiar. He wrote Man's Search for Meaning. He makes it very clear that we all have a single choice about our attitude. We can choose our attitude in any given set of circumstances. We want to teach our kids, like you said, that regardless of if we're watching dad run or if we're playing, you know, volleyball because your sister loves it or if we're doing what you love, which is basketball, we need to have a good attitude. And that's where we're going to start with them. And that is probably, I think, one of the greatest life skills. Absolutely. And we need that, right? And we can give them opportunities to do that. You know, just this summer we were at the swimming pool and thunder and lightning. And so we had to get out. And our nine-year-old, I mean, it's devastating when you have to get out of a swimming pool as a kid. It's so sad. Oh, yeah. And so she decided instead of having a bad attitude, she was going to invite everyone to jump in the puddles all the way to the car. Very silly. That's great. It's very silly. Yeah. But it's using attitude in a positive. It's changing That's things, huge. Right? So we've got to do that. So first we're going to assess. We're going to look at what's fun to us. Then we're going to decide to have good attitudes. And that means parents too. We, mm-hmm. If we don't have a good attitude, it's not going to Everyone, work. yeah. And again, it's a choice. And if you need to go in your bedroom and psych yourself up do for it. the family night. <laughs> Fake it. Come on, you we make can do it. it, Matt. You can do it. <laughs> you are amazing. You can play Candyland one yeah. more time tonight. I promise yeah. you can. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or bowl, whatever it might be. So that's the key. And we've, you know, as adults, We've got to let our guard down. We've got to be silly and play. And think back to how our parents were with us. And hopefully it was that same way. And emulate that. Have some fun with it. And when you see your whole family laughing, Mm -hmm. there's the moment that everyone's getting the same joke at the same time. We're all in it together. That is a powerful moment. It's a pretty amazing situation when that happens. It's pretty good. And it's free. It is free. We ready for our third one? Yep. Okay. Our third one is like we mentioned, it's get it on the calendar. Oh, yeah. That's the deal, huh? We have to schedule it. So it's not going to get done otherwise. It won't. And you mentioned the dentist. You choose anything that's on your calendar right now. We put it there because we're not going to miss it. That's right. It has to be the same way with our families doing things together. The unfortunate thing is if we don't plan it, then we're going to fall into things we don't want. And that's going to come in that's our last right. quarter we'll talk about. But Well, and the people that plan better than we do, they're, you're going to do their life. You're going sure. to live their agenda. Instead of your own agenda. Instead of our own, right? So we want to make sure that we put our families first and we plan. Now, there's two types of fun. The first is spontaneous and the second is deliberate. By planning on a calendar, we take care of the deliberate, right? We write down every Saturday at 6 p.m. We're going to meet together and and hang out. We want to be open to the spontaneous also. Yeah. Kids are really good at this. Oh, yeah. This is, you know, let's sit down and play Candyland now or, hey, let's go shoot hoops or – but as adults, we can talk the talk all day, but we've got to decide our actions are going to meet up with that and yeah. that the dishes don't matter or a little work doesn't matter. Or like Maddie said, we're going to leave work behind and we're actually going to play. That's great. And we're going to do that. Yeah. So we want to be more spontaneous. 
we the question always is from parents especially well what how do i do that how do I, how am i more spontaneous and fun the first thing we can do is stop over scheduling our families oh we are so Stressed that's bronco mendenhall's out. family he and holly both talk about it we're just we're stressed out to we're over scheduled Absolutely. And we hear it from our research, too. You know, we've mentioned it here on the show before, but kids really only need one or two extracurricular activities at the most. Oh, yeah. And we've got them in lots of things. Our families can't schedule time to have fun if we're constantly doing separate right. things away from home by yeah, ourselves. That's we just It just can't happen. It can't happen. We also need to change our perspective. Again, decide that if if we really care about our family, then ESPN doesn't matter and the dishes don't matter and Pinterest doesn't matter. Our family matters. Yeah. And – Attitude matters maybe more than the A. Now it doesn't. Right. It doesn't have to be either or. But the minute you put all the emphasis on the A, right, and not the attitude or any of this, then they're going to deliver what we want. Mm-hmm. But that you know that make sure you've got the right goal. Make sure we've got the right right. You know, and that if objective. we say our families want to play together, that we are actually the ones making sure that when the kids do want to play, we are willing to say uh-huh. yes. Let's do it. Right. Oh, yeah. Right along with that, if we want to be more spontaneous, we have to stop multitasking. You know, to. everyone's saying that. You know, because it doesn't exist. Well, there's this misnomer, though. For some reason, especially women, moms, yeah. we think we're cooler if we can juggle a thousand more oh, yeah. things. Oh, yeah. That's not cool. No, not cool at all. Mm-hmm. I've, I hate, I've rejected that idea yeah. years ago. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that well, is my it mantra. Doesn't, it doesn't really give us a chance to live. In fact, multitasking really keeps us from living. And so we want to make sure that we're not multitasking. I mean, I guess you can multitask. Hey, if you're sweeping, if you're sweeping the garage out. Sure. I guess you could listen to a book on tape. Or talk and chat with your uh-huh. kids, or right? But if you want to connect with a human, you, that ought to be your task. Right. Right. So if your family is going to have fun together and you decide to go bowling, you checking out, you know, your emails at the same time, we're multitasking. That's right. It's not going to work. You're not really living in any space. You're living in no space altogether. Okay. Our last one. You ready? Fourth quarter. I'm scared. We're bringing it home. This is the fourth quarter. We're going to start planning and I'm going to tell you how. Uh, Planning. Right. Because we don't want to leave thinking, okay, that's great. I know some stuff, but what do I do now? Okay. So this is what we're going to do. We have to plan, like we said, schedule, because if we don't, when we decide to look at the calendar and it says we're going to hang out at six, mm-hmm. we will immediately fall to the same activity every time if we oh, haven't yeah. planned. What is it? TV. TV Let's watch a movie. That's exactly right. Now, we're not saying something's wrong with TV because if right. we do, you're going to get a lot of emails and letters. Sorry, I actually think you should listen to more radio. I'm sorry for that if they come. <laughs> but the problem with television it's good but it is not our best choice for families right right it's what's called a parallel activity parallel activities represent this false front we think same room same couch same mm-hmm. television show yeah but there's no communication or growth or interaction that's true so yeah. we've put it on the calendar but now we're going to finish up by planning because if we don't if we're not specific then we're going to always default Right to that to the activity. easy path to the easy path. So we don't want to. So we're going to avoid that. So here's what you're going to do. I want you to sit down with your families. I want you to take a piece of paper or your spouse or your roommates, whoever you're planning to have fun with. Yeah, out there. Divide that paper into four sections. Okay, and we're going to fall back to Covey for a second. In that same book, in his Seven Habits, he suggests that we sharpen our saws in four key areas yes. of life. Right? Yes. Social, physical, spiritual, and mental. Now, the major question families ask me is, 
this is great, but what do we do now? What are we going to do as families, right? Yeah. What are we going to do? So you're going to divide the, your paper up into these four columns. You're going to write those four things at the top of your of each column. Right. And now you're just going to start spitting out things that fall under those four areas. So physically, we could run, play ball. We could go for a walk. Golf. Somebody yeah. could right. Somebody could yell, I want to learn to play tennis. Someone could say, I want to go for a walk. Yoga. Someone, any, it's exactly right. Yeah. Anything. Don't. Ixnay anything. Yeah. Anybody can say anything they want. Write them every right. single last one down. Get it down. On those four things. Once you do that, you will realize that you have this fantastic list of options. That's great. Put it right on your fridge. It keeps us well balanced, yep. right? It helps us not default to television, mm-hmm. but instead have something to do. So our calendar says these are when these are the times that we're going to get together as families and then we look right over at this list and we say and these are the 100 different things we, could we do can any do one together of these. to have fun Love right it. now. If it's on your fridge, put a pen next to it and let everyone add to it on a continual basis. With that, understand a few things. Activities on there that are challenging are more beneficial to families and research also shows doing things outside blesses our lives more than inside also. I love it. Little if, things to keep in mind. If they are if they're gonna fight about it, here's what I've learned. We just it's random. We sure. choose it randomly. Absolutely. Then it's not a fight. That was divine intervention. Sure. Well you could even cut take all those things, put them on slips of paper, put them in a jar yes. and draw. Drawing. And then it's not anyone's idea oh. or anyone wins. It simply is, hey, we drew this tonight, everybody jump in the car, this is what's happening. Or we drew this down on the floor, go get Candyland. Whatever it might be. Heather and Johnson. MS. Hadge, we call her. I don't feel like that. It's it's cute. (laughs) Maybe I could. We'll we'll see. We'll work on that. Yeah. We'll get you a new name. We'll work on that. Hadge. (laughs) Family Fun Fridays is the name of her book. Her website, familyvolley.com. Awesome ideas. Wonderful tools there. She really, she's the real deal. She's a teacher, for heaven's sake, here at Brigham Young University. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Hadge is going to stick around. And we're going to play Taboo. Have you played Taboo? I have, but it's been a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'll play. I don't play it, but we'll play it. We'll play. I mean, yeah, it's going to get crazy. (laughs) Right uh, after this break, folks, the game Taboo to de-stress us all. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. That's the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up the show and uh, put our lassos away and just have a great day. Hey, today we've been talking about being stressed, keeping things calm in our world. So we thought, why not play a nice game? Something that might be relaxing, like Taboo. I don't know who wrote this, but I have never been relaxed playing Taboo. There's nothing more relaxing than watching someone try and uh, to get what you're trying to guess under pressure. Anyway, I didn't need that right. <laughs> We're playing the game Taboo. Who's in charge of the game? We all are. We're all Heather playing. Ann Johnson, still in the house from FamilyVolley.com. Not, to we're not going to call her Hadge. We decided in the break it sounds too much like hag. I, I don't really like – I don't like that. How do you like haggis? I, I think we could still do better, hopefully. Okay. Yeah. We'll try harder. Yeah. <laughs> try we'll harder. We'll write something down for you, Matt. Okay. What are we? What are we gonna do? So I have a card in my hand that has a main let a main word that I'm trying to get you all to say. Okay. But I have a list of words that I can't you use. You can't use certain and words. And if I do, 
You get that sound. Electrocuted happens. taste. Yeah, okay. tasers. <laughs> you have 30 seconds. It's a pretty yeah. weak taser. Okay, so does everyone understand? All right, ready? Robert Downey Jr., man, superhero. Iron Man? Yes! Iron Man. Man's not on there? No, it's Iron. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, do another one. Do another one. Do another one. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. This is hard. You put this on a baby so it doesn't poop everywhere. Diaper. Yep. Helmet. (laughs) You guys are fast. (laughs) Oh, I got a helmet. Yeah. Ah, Aaron got a buzz. Oh. Yeah, you can't say baby. baby. Okay. Okay. This is a something that you would do math on a card or a calculator by a a teacher would chalkboard this yes heather's good wow should maddie and i just play yeah Yeah. it kind of seems like you guys just are playing um i can sit this one out you want me to sit this one out you try (laughs) these are really famous uh they're a place that pizza are big and it's part of a Surfer. Yeah, Mountains. It is one of those. Uh, Mount, but it's Everest. Very Mount Everest. Mount Everest. No, keep going. Mount Kilimanjaro. Tabor. Um, Kilimanjaro. No, it, it starts with uh, Mount Vesuvius. More than one. Mount yeah. St. Helens. It's a range. It's a range, yeah. Uh, Rocky Mountains. Mount. You're not giving us any Everest clues. Is in it. Okay, Himalayas, next one. Okay, maybe Aaron shouldn't. Yeah, I think. I Aaron, Aaron's not. You were just supposed to guess it. You, uh, he hadn't, didn't have to say anything. To okay, mom. okay, yeah. Next time, it's just like osmosis. Here we go, Maddie or Richard. Okay, this one's really hard. Um, this is a rock. Okay, when you are using a computer and you want to grab a piece of text and copy. put it somewhere copy. else, Paste. copy. Yes. Nicely done. Do you want me to keep going? Or yes, James, please. Do you want to do one? Sure, yeah, bring James it on. Doing. This go, is James, bring go. On. Here we go. All right, you have a lot of aquatic animals, and you want to put them in the aquariums. Aquarium. Boom. Hey, Man. this is getting scary. By the way, wow. can I just point something out? Uh, <laughs> that sound we're making sounds more like a heart monitor. Yeah, that, that we're monitoring your heart rate. Is that my heart rate? Do, yeah. Do you oh, notice you, how it goes faster? I was wondering why you had attached the lead to my chest. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. This is something Matt does when he's Screams. having a good time. Yells. Laughs. And Giggles. He, yes. Giggle. Good job, Matt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, Barney the dinosaur is of Purple. this hue. Yeah. Wow. Purple. That was good job, Heather. That was like Holy three seconds. Cow. Is of this hue. <laughs> we were I say, okay. if I say color, I miss it. Here we go, Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh! This is a fun activity that it has a wooden uh, baseball aisle Hold that you have bowling. to roll. Yes, oh. uh, and what else? What else? Weird. Bowling ball. ball. Oh, bowling, bowling alley. alley. Yes. Good job. That was good. Good, good use good of the job, word aisle. Lisa. Okay, this is. Um, I have, this is. I don't even know how to describe Ferris this Bueller. right now. This is what you do in the middle of the day. Sleep. Take a nap. Lunch. When, yes. Oh, Heather and I are on the same wavelength. I've never played you and Heather. We're really fast at this, and we're not even getting to the end of the timer at all on any of these. Well, you mean the heart monitor? The heart monitor. Yeah, your yeah. heart's going great, actually. How does it sound, Very Doc? steady, yeah. Coming from a, a, a professional like Coming myself. strong. Okay, next one. Um... When you're when you're uh, on a a uh, stationary bike, you're going really fast. Sweating. Yeah, I knew you'd get that, Matt. 
Oh, nicely done. You do this profusely. We looked at his gut when we were talking about that. Did you see my gut? <laughs> Better. Can you see my taco stains under my arms? So Great. if I really wanted to, and I was a female, I might put a pretty little bonnet, bow, bow, ponytail holder in my hair. barrette. Hair, hair. But it's what, hair piece. It's what, hair what hair I put piece. in my hair. Hair piece. A bow. Implant. A headband. Yeah, it's not a bow, but. A a, a a a a bar a bow. No. It's not a headband. What, what do you do to a, a make barrette. the bow? A barrette. What do you use to make the bow? A ribbon. A ribbon. Okay. Tie a yellow ribbon. That was really good. Okay. I like to just Heather, I'm counting on you for this one. Okay, let's hear it. When your outfit is too long, you hem it. Yes. Look at that. That was seriously three seconds. Wow. Three. You know what? You know what? Though that the giveaway was outfit. Yeah. That yeah, right that there stunned the me. Yeah. I'm like, it, what's an outfit? Actually, it was the long. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was the long. Oh, it's okay, though. Okay, this is a sport that old people play. Bingo. Croquet. Checkers. And they don't have to really run. Golf. Yes! Good job. Uh, I, I play golf. I do, too. <laughs> I play golf a lot. So do my kids. I don't play golf I as play much golf. as I should. I guess I'm not old enough. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's so sad. You use the word clubs or ball. Yeah. All right, um... Matt, you need to uh, you need to stop giving. Jo- Can't say stop. Um, you need to tomahawk resign. <laughs> fr- <laughs> Quit. <laughs> yes, oh. correct. James, you know, that was bad. Quit. Okay, we got Peter, th- one more. Here. One more. One more. Make Peter this- Peter Pan's arch enemy has oh. his hand. Yes, do one more. Do one more. Okay. Quick. Go, 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 go. Okay. This is when you're sick, you take these. Medicine. Hippocat. Pills. What's it? Yes. Pills. H- Heather, Heather, you and I just get each other. I know. Yeah. This is good stuff right here. Heather's cheating. See how much fun this can be? You fun. Know you know what? So Honestly, relaxed. I'm stressed. You're- <laughs> you stressed me out. I'm now sweating. I'm stressed. My heart rate stopped. Have you noticed? Yeah. It's, I don't hear it anymore. I've got no heart rate. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, here's the end of the show, folks. Thanks for being with us. Heather, thanks. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for playing uh, Taboo. Bless you. (laughs) Here's a quote for you from Sonia Riccotti. Accept what is, let go of what was, and have faith in what will be. Hello. Accept what is, folks. Let go of what was, and let's have faith in tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to be looking at trust in our lives, especially how we can teach our children to trust people and who we should be trusting. More ideas, more tools right here tomorrow on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.